0: Global recession? No, not if China has anything to say about it. We needed a hero, and so they made the hero out of Xi Jinping. Coming to his senses after a couple years of unwise pandemic politics, the Chinese leader threw off his zero COVID policy in order to let the Chinese economy breathe and then fly just in time to to spill over all this massive strength to save the world from falling into a maybe deep recession, and then earlier this year we got we got the news in, t- in the form of social financing, Chinese corporate co- uh, corporations suddenly borrowing at epic rates, and it seemed like maybe there was something to this reopening hype because hype reopening they have surely been doing that, hyping and hyping and hyping, and of course last week massive PMI, so we're told. The manufacturing PMI, the source of China's strength, the source of China's ability to help out the rest of the global economy. The PMI surged to the highest in more than a decade, and so all the headlines blared. Here it comes. Reopening is real, and China is going to move us into a prosperous recovery. Forget that recession stuff. The Chinese have it completely covered. But then this weekend... The Chinese leadership held, as the communists do, one of their working group, plenums, uh, plen- any number of these official gatherings of the party and the government, they get together. They decide on some major issues because, as technocrats will, they do things in round numbers at round periods of time. And today's the day, or this weekend was the weekend, to decide on China's economic fate for the coming year, while the fate, their fate had already been decided, it just hadn't been rubber stamped and announced to the public. And so, what did the Chinese announce this weekend? Uh, it was outgoing number two, Li Keqiang. His job, his duty, to inform everybody. I will let the headline speak for itself here. This is from the Economist, interpreting China's unambitious growth target. On March fifth, Li Keqiang, the country's outgoing prime minister opened the congress with his annual work report it confirmed a gdp growth target of around five percent for china in 2023 lower than many external forecasts you can you can almost hear the disappointment in the text here the target's conservatism sets the tone for an event which is likely to be about china's leaders tightening their control over the state yeah no kidding why were external forecasts so much higher to begin with? Because everybody wanted to believe the hero. They wanted to believe that China technocratic, neo-Keynesian readoption would save everybody. That, that they're going to go back to the way China used to be and the global economy could go back to the way China used to be and we can sell you risk assets again. Here's the Wall Street Journal. China sets conservative growth target as challenges loom China unveiled its lowest growth target in more than a quarter century as Beijing faces challenges in the domestic and global economy following its emergence from three years of strict COVID-19 measures. Challenges? Where were these challenges last week when everybody, including The Wall Street Journal, was screaming about how booming China was already given those headlines? Now the government comes in and government swoops in and says, we've got lots of challenges what are you talking about boom we're not even not only is china not booming we're not going to do anything about it and rather than this being a complete surprise this merely continues a underlying program an underlying baseline measure an underlying baseline policy structure that goes back many many years it's just, it's just that people in the west either haven't heard about it because largely because the media will refuses to Either accept this reality or report on it honestly. What is going on in China? It's not booming. The PMIs are not what you thought they were. And the government is not going to do anything about it. So we'll get into today. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University members, where we go over what a eurodollar is and how important it has been to the global economy, and the reason why the Chinese are acting the way they are, you can tell it. You can tell why from the eurodollar system. We also have research products that go into the depths of detail about the eurodollars, as more and more so the consequences for what's going on in the monetary system, the macroeconomic implications, how we got into this this situation, as well as what that will mean for the near-term and long-term future. Subscription products, memberships, all at eurodollar.university. Now, the issue with China's GDP growth targets is at one time, the growth targets were everything. But that though that time is a long time ago ever since the 19th party congress and really before them but the 19th party congress which is held in october of 2017 as i've gone over in previous videos so i'll just briefly reiterate reiterate here what xi jinping's government did was establish further establish his total iron grip authority over the Chinese party, therefore the Chinese state. And where that comes to economic policy, in fact, it's derived from the lack of economic policy, was in recognition that the global economy was not ever going to recover from the 2008 recession, because it wasn't a recession. The Chinese had seen up close, in person, what was going on as far as global recovery. The global recovery, that all the Western media and central bankers had sold you all along throughout that decade as, oh, it's gonna come, QE's going to work. The Chinese had told you it wasn't working. And furthermore, at the, at the 19th party of Congress in 2017, they completely gave up on it. And giving up on a global recovery meant giving up on the global economic prospects, which for China was a dangerous political proposition. Any top heavy state that doesn't deliver elite economic growth or some form of military um, military success or military uh, target is one that's in danger of being toppled. So the Chinese understood if they couldn't deliver economic growth, then in comes the authoritarian measures, which have been put into practice over the last several years of COVID-19. The recovery from the 2020 recession in China has been as uneven, as disappointing as it has been everywhere else. The one key difference has been that in China, they didn't get the consumer price index burst that we got in the West to cover up the fact of this lack of recovery and lack of growth. So for China... Its weakness in the economy was exposed the entire time because again nobody was confusing a two percent Chinese CPI for what was going on with a seven or eight percent U.S. or European CPI. When in fact the two the, the economy of the two percent CPI in China was exactly as lackluster as the real economy in the eight percent CPI over here. The, this disparity in perception was put down to China's pandemic response this zero covid reaction when in fact it may have been in fact i would argue it's likely to have been zero covid was a response to the lack of economic recovery china's authorities exercising their authoritarianism by locking down whole cities and they kept it up as long as they could for for uh, in order to make sure that the political situation did not get out of control for lack of economic growth, only giving up on it when it became pretty obvious that China's economic situation was worse than maybe they had anticipated. So what that did was removing zero COVID in the West, it reignited these hopes and dreams of China re- going back to its, its, uh, its, uh, its, its Deng Xiaoping roots It's a southern tour in Kaifeng, opening up, going back to the Keynesian textbook. Massive flood of stimulus coming, incoming. That was supposed to be what 2023 would be all about. China coming back, roaring from the depths, embracing its fiscal and monetary floods in order to first save China and then the rest of the world. But that was never going to happen. Removing zero COVID was all about trying to limit the downside to China's economy because what's what's the, the driving motivation for Chinese economic policy as well as political policy isn't growth, it is stability. So what changed was too much downside risk in 2022. Forget the upside, that's not even important. So all the Chinese want to do is stabilize the economy rather than get it going again. And so what they promised at their working group here what the projections were for 2023 reflected what I call this managed decline. And in the parlance of the Chinese Communist Party and their 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 governing mandate for 2023, it is stability. Here's Lee Kang over the weekend. Insufficient demand is still a prominent issue. Stabilizing employment is tough. And some local governments face big fiscal difficulties. So when they announced their target of around 5%, not only was that the lowest in a quarter century, they're not even really committing to 5% because of these quote-unquote challenges that the Western media didn't even recognize last week. As always... The Chinese government has been open about what they are attempting to do. And what they are attempting to do is reconcile their political situation with a global economy that no longer operates the way it used to, which presents enormous downside challenges to the Chinese leadership. And time and again, especially in the wake of the 19th Party Congress, so this is five and a half years ago, they have been consistently uh, sticking to this managed decline policy. So while Western observers were disappointed at their unambitious around 5% GDP target this year, when in fact that was, nobody should have expected any more out of them. Uh, as I said last week, when the PMI was released, um, the spokesperson for the NBS, Joe king what he said is exactly the same thing that Lee Kekang just said this weekend. Uh, we also see that the percentage of manufacturing and service sector companies that reflected a lack of orders in the survey has decreased compared with last month but still exceeds 50% indicating that the problem of insufficient market demand is still prominent and the foundation of china's economic recovery still needs to be strengthened china is not in a, in good it is not booming because of reopening but the Chinese are not going to flood the system with fiscal and monetary stimulus to do something about that. Maybe that's the real, really the part that the Western media keeps getting wrong. Stability managed decline is simply focused on the downside and trying to limit the downside. It's not throwing money. It's not throwing PBOC policy or reckless local government spending into the mix to try to get China up to booming again. That's not in the cards at all. As part of the working group this weekend. Uh, one of the, they, they announced several targets. Uh, one of the more, I think, important ones, at least according to, you know, in line with what we're talking about here, um, Beijing said its local governments are going to be issuing up to 3.8 trillion yuan in special bonds this year. That's about 550 billion, which is, it sounds like a staggering sum, but that's actually less than last year, which was 4.15 trillion yuan or $600 billion. So again, China is only trying to limit the downside. I mean, they, the PBOC, regardless of Western expectations that they were gonna come riding to the rescue of China so that China could come riding to the rescue of everybody else, they barely cut rates last year, even though the housing market, which is incredibly important to the Chinese economy, especially retail sales, consumer perception and sentiment, The housing market has, we've got shrinking and falling housing prices and the PBOC cut its five-year loan prime rate benchmark a couple times by about 25 basis points. And it's been on hold since last August, including up to February. February of 2023. The Chinese government is not going to rescue the Chinese economy. So the Chinese economy is not going to rescue the global economy. It's just not going to happen. And you can hear the disappointment, not only in the the quotes I gave you from The Economist and The Wall Street Journal, here's another one. This is from uh, an article written by CNN talking about Citigroup analysts. um, Eyeing fiscal repair and aware of inflation risks The government work report provides no hint of massive fiscal and monetary stimulus. Again, this should not be a surprise to anybody. The Chinese have said over and over and over again. The doctrine that was set forth at the 19th Party Congress was, as Xi Jinping said himself, quality economic growth over quantity economic growth and what quality economic growth means is something very different than quantity economic growth but this course that china is on this managed decline was set in motion a very very long time ago And first it was first set in motion by the 2008 global monetary crisis that the Federal Reserve did not, did not stop, the Federal Reserve did not prevent, and the Federal Reserve did nothing to help their recovery from it. QE was a complete waste of time, even though it was, its real purpose was try to sell you, the public, on its ability to create a recovery that didn't come. And as early as 2012, the Chinese realized that global recovery was never going to come. That played a role in the transition from Hu Jintao to not Li Ke as many expected, because Li was Hu's protege, but to suddenly Xi Jinping, of all people. And I've done a video about that. This is incredibly important stuff because it tells you everything you need to know about China and where it is going, where it is continuing to go today. And early in Xi Jinping's regime in April of 2013, so some of the earliest working groups and plenums of Xi Jinping's era, they told you, we're not betting on a global economic, this QE stuff in the West, it's not happening. Uh, There was something called document number nine which was issued from the uh what was it the um party's general office which is an important party organ so document number nine was issued in april of 2013 and it talked all about how the chinese leadership was viewing in particular deviations from Marxist and Maoist, uh, Maoist ideology, deviations that were maybe deemed necessary over the preceding decades, that were no longer necessary because the economic growth potential of the world had suddenly changed. Here's a quote from document number nine, April, 2013. Neoliberalism advocates unrestrained economic liberalization, complete privatization, and total marketization, and it opposes any kind of interference or regulation by the state. Western countries led by the United States carry out their neoliberal agendas under the guise of globalization, visiting catastrophic consequences upon Latin America, the Soviet Union, and Eastern Europe, and also have dragged themselves into the international financial crisis from which they have yet to recover. So the Chinese way back in April 2013 said, Global growth isn't happening, and everything that the Western countries did to achieve global growth led to more harm than good. Now that part is obviously debatable, and from the Chinese Communist government's perspective, it's more political than it was economic, because previous to that period, China was only too happy to embrace the appearance of liberalization, more so the limited economic capitalism and free markets that built up modern China. But all of that changed really around 2012 and 2013, as it became clear the global economy was never going to recover. And over the years since, especially the last couple years of COVID recessions, unnecessary COVID recession, the Chinese have doubled down on this and said, global economic prospects that were bad in 2012 got worse in 2018 and 2019 are thoroughly awful today. Our concern is, only about political stability and economic stability so much that it contributes to political stability. So if political instability meant we need to remove zero COVID, that did not mean the Chinese were going to flood the world with stimulus. It doesn't mean that the Chinese are going to start booming. In fact, the Chinese economy is in as much trouble right now as the rest of the world actually is. And we can see this in a number of places. The OECD's leading indicators. One final thought. As of January 2023, the current number is 98.31, which is the same range as the middle of 2019 when last we went through this global recession scare. It's it's less than May of 2008, which had 98.44, or about the same as September 1997, the Asian financial crisis, 98.28. But what's important about these OECD leading indicators is you can see how similar they are in China to any place else around the world. Like look look at Germany or the United States. What you see is that this is a globally synchronized problem. Not globally synchronized growth, globally synchronized lack of growth. China is in as bad a shape as everyone else and the Chinese government sticking hard to Xi Jinping's hard line, is going to try to only manage a further decline. Manage the decline that we're going to continue to get into in 2023. Those PMIs, even though it's less than a week, seem like a distant memory at this point. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. As I do our Eurodollar University research subscribers and all our Eurodollar University members. Until next time, take care.